We're going to talk about rage. Episode. The phone and answer with that angry tone. Who is this? The person on the end of the phone said, Sorry, we called you at a bad time. It's Detective Pug. I want to speak to you about your son. I said, Right now? It's not a good time. I will call I will come down to the station tomorrow. Detective Pug said, Okay. Just tell the front clerk that you are here to see Detective Pug. I hanged up the phone. Well I sing by Already, your colleagues killed my son, and you have the nerve to call me without saying sorry for your loss? My 12-year-old son. Who was that? Ma, who was that? I said, Malcolm, it was no one important. My 10-year-old daughter asked me, Mommy, what's wrong? I grabbed Tisha by her hand and hugged her and took a deep breath and said, God is dead. Malcolm began screaming, crying, and Tisha started to shake uncontrollably. I wanted to join them in sorrow, but I had to be strong for my kids. I think about after about one hour crying, Malcolm and Tisha asked, can they sleep in my bed? I said, sure. Malcolm asked, what happened? What happened to Todd? I said, I don't know, baby, but I will find out what happened. With every breath of my body, I promise you that, Malcolm. The next morning, I woke and went to the shower to get myself ready to speak to the detective handling the case involving my deceased son, Todd. I get ready to leave the apartment. I tell Malcolm I'll be back in about two hours. When your sister waits, please fix her some cereal. Malcolm says, yes, ma'am. I give him a kiss on his forehead and, and a hug. Not really wanting to leave, having the thought of fear, thought of fear. Not wanting to lose another child. I walked out the door and get in my car heading towards the police station to speak with the detective. I was getting my questions in my head like I was a lawyer getting ready for a case. I wanted answers. I was not going to leave without some type of explanation. I am like 20 minutes away from the station. All I could do was think of my son and his last words. We said to each other, I would never hear his voice again, but his voice would not go silent. I would speak for my son like a ventriloquist. I would take two breaths instead of one breath. I would walk four feet instead of two feet. I have made it to the station. There should be a scene. Scene now, making it to the station. Scene. Should be scene two. Scene one. 
Sorry, I know I'm doing live podcasts, but I'm also writing it, getting ready to turn into a, a mini short story, film rather. And I'm just, uh, as I speak about it, I'm writing little mental notes that I'm putting down. So excuse me, but I'm, I'm going to continue. Scene one lets us know I have made it to the police station. And as I walk inside, going to the desk officer to ask for Detective Pug, I notice a couple of people holding up signs saying, no justice for colored skinned people. I stopped and looked at the pictures of colored people killed by the badge of law with no justice for their families. I went up to one of the protesters and gave her a hug. I introduced myself and she told me her name, excuse me, was Vanessa. I told her I just lost my son. I came here to meet with Detective Pug. Vanessa took a deep breath and says, good luck with that. I asked asked Vanessa, what do you mean by good luck? That's what Vanessa begins to tell me about her son's case. How he was murdered. How he was killed. Coming out of the corner store, cashing his check. And all he did was had a hoodie on, counting his paycheck money. And the clerk and the clerk came running out to say you say you forgot your change. You forgot your change. But these two officers, Gonzalez and Garcia. Officer Gonzalez and Garcia, these people. Thinking my son just robbed. The store pulled, pulled up on my son and shouted, show me your hands. As my son was reaching for his identification card, they shot him down like a wild animal. Damn, powerful. That has been two years ago and the two officers are still working on the force. And Detective Pug and Detective Green are the ones, <laughs> ain't that something, are the ones handling the case. That's why I say to you, good luck with that. I would love to get closure for my son being murdered by the badge of law. But I won't. Damn, sad. Hope you understand the reality of the fact that people are waiting for justice for their family members that's been killed by the badge law and time and times keep going free. More and more of you look, Sterling Martin, or different individuals that's been in the paper or on news, killed by the badge law with no consequences. They just keep walking around, continue to be on the force as a colored man who has a brother, nephews, I would never want this story that I write, which is fictional, to come factional in my life dealing with one of my family members. Because my heart goes out to all the family members that's been in a situation like this. Because their kids not coming back, their brother not coming back, their husband not coming back, their uncle. It's a sad situation. But let's continue.
but I won't give up on my child. I hug Vanessa again. It's gonna be scene two. Hugging Vanessa. I hugged Vanessa again and started walking, walking towards the desk clerk so I can speak with Detective Pub. I said, hello, I am here to see Detective Pub. The desk officer asked, is he expecting you? I replied, yes, the desk officer. Yes to the desk officer. The desk officer tells me to have a seat, and he will, and we were paged at Detective Pub. I said thank you and started to head towards the seat with the posters of unsolved murders. I was overwhelmed by the number of colored men on the poster. The ratio was like 23 to 1 against the white men on the poster. I waited for about 10 minutes and the detective came up to me and said, follow me, Miss Gerald. I walked with the detective. As he was making small talk. About, <laughs> he's making small talk, but the only thing I wanted to hear about Oh my God! But the only thing I wanted to hear wanted to hear about is what happened to my son, and I wasn't leaving until I received a clear understanding of this tragic tragedy, and what's the proper steps being taken, and what happened to the officers involved in the killing of my son. I walked into Detective Pud's office, and that's when I seen his partner, Detective Green. I said hello, and I went to take a seat. Detective Pud offered me a, me a cup of coffee. I said, no thanks. I said, no thanks. I just would like to know. What happened to my son? He was shot. Do you know who did it? Wait, hold on. And so are you close to charging them and arresting them? Detective Green was like, slow down, Miss Gerald. First we need to do is ask you some questions about your son. Was your son in a game? I said, no. Did your son Did your son get in trouble at school? I started to get pissed because of these questions being asked of me about my deceased son. I said no. The detective said, Why are you asking? <laughs> and I asked the detective. Why are you asking me these questions, frankly? 
Teddy Bud steps in and says, Miss Gerald, there are normal questions. We're asking. And we have an ongoing investigation. I said, are you looking to find a reason to say my son was in some type of gang? Wait, he's colored and young, Detective Green said. <laughs> Wait, he's colored and young. Did you get the green? They're going to say I am black also, Mrs. Gerald. I told you that green, you might be in skin tone, but not in mentality. I was pissed off at this point. Just a total disrespect. I haven't received an apology. But just a character attack about my son. I stood up, grabbed my purse, and walked out of the office. <laughs> I am no longer the same laid-back person that I used to be before my son died. But I have joined the front lines of the resistance of the fight against the badge of law. Shit is going to get real in the city of Miami.